0: Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast, episode 15. My name is Greg Gibson. I'm here with my co-host, Trent Stewart, lead pastor at Foothills Church. And today we are talking about being busy in our parenting. Welcome to episode 15. Of the Busy Pastor Podcast again today. We're talking about being busy in our parenting. And this is unique because pastors who are listening, they may have been pastor's kids or PKs themselves, Mm -hmm. and they are raising pastor's kids. And so this is a unique conversation because you have are now on both ends of the spectrum, Trent. Mm-hmm. You not only were a pastor's kid, uh, but you are a dad yeah. <laughs> and a pastor. And so uh, I, I, my hope for this episode is to is to really just is try and draw this out of you, let you talk a whole bunch about your experience, but also uh, kind of the wisdom, I think, that uniquely you bring to this Mm -hmm. conversation so so let's talk about you know what is unique first of all about being a pastor's kid hmm so much I'll (laughs) i'll try not
1: to scare the pastors listening right now but as always, you know there's just some unique challenges, um, and I think your kids are are just going to go through some unique expectations and mm. unique problems, and so you're, they're 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 going to feel whether it's true or not, they're going to feel like other people are watching them all the time, and in some cases it is true, mm. uh, it's it's that glass house right. uh, mentality or feeling, and so um, people in whether it's the church, or maybe their mem- church members that are school teachers, they're gonna see your kids do something, and they're gonna tend to email you about them. Now, they would never email anybody else about the issue, something stupid your kid did, but right. they'll email you about it because you're a pastor. And so your kids are gonna feel that from time to time, and they're going to potentially become very bitter towards church members and other Christians that do things like that. Um, as pastors, also we create "you're a pastor's kid" mentality. You know, you're my child, and so you're a reflection on me. Mm. And so, we're potentially going to put added pressure ourselves on our own kids to behave a certain way and to, you know, put on the front that they have it together. So, you can never make a mistake. You can never act out. You can't do this in church. And and so that added pressure can can uh, push our kids away um, from from the church uh, one day we want to be careful about that. Um, we've got to let our kids be kids. We, we've got mm-hmm. to do our best to not add that pressure onto them and and not let our wives add that pressure onto them. And when they act out at church, we deal with it, but we don't put that that stigma of you are a pastor's kid, therefore you have to be perfect or you have to behave. No, we say, no, you behave because I'm your dad, and you behave because God tells you to honor your parents, you know we're trying we take that angle and we leave the whole pastor's kid uh, part out of it. Hmm. Another thing that we see and it could experience is that pastors sometimes bring their kids into ministry problems because when they come home uh, they they talk about people, they talk about problems. Um, they may not be doing it directly in front of their kids, but they're talking about it in the living room and their kids are in the kitchen and they can hear it. And so kids can become bitter if they hear you talking about certain people in, in the church that are, you know, acting negatively towards you. And so that can also be another, you know, wedge in their life that that takes them out of the church. So kids are always listening to you. Um, uh, so remember that did they ever get tired of listening that's to you? that's huge too because i think you know they're hearing you at home parent them yes. and then they go to church and you're the one preaching every week they and so it's sermons. like they're hearing you all the time they might become tired of listening to you so that's also something that you know you can't necessarily do anything about but you can have conversations with them about that and as a pastor i can i can be empathetic towards that like hey you know i know this is kind Kind of how it is, and so when they go to college, they go off. They may want to go to other churches, or they may want to, you know, hear and listen to other people. Don't take offense to that, right? Yeah, you absolutely. got to kind of got to, um, be sensitive to that. Um, you know, on the other side, if people in the church don't like your leadership, they have an issue with your leadership. They didn't like your sermon or what you said. Uh that sometimes gets back to your kids before it gets back to you. Mm. And so again, that bitterness can grow in your kids, and so it's helpful to have those conversations with them to help them process, you know, those kind of things that might be happening. Um, and I think that's that's important. But uh, your kids in general, they're going to have that added pressure, um, at even from their friends, because their friends are going to hear them or see them, and, and a friend or somebody at school is going to say, isn't your dad a pastor? You do that. You say that. Isn't your dad a pastor? Mm-hmm. Almost like, oh my gosh, you're not allowed to say this or that. You're not allowed to be normal. You're not allowed to have problems or sin in your life because your dad is a pastor that is just a weight that is added on to your kids and so that's got to be in all this to say pastors you've got to open up and you've got to have conversations with your kids um, about these issues especially middle school and high school talk about them reassure them that hey no added pressure you be you you know, um, let's let's process this together. Let's pray through things that, that happen together. Church members are, are sinful. They're going to act out. They're going to be hateful and angry at some point, you know, in your ministry. How do we deal with that? Well, we forgive. We don't let bitterness grow in our hearts. We know that just, you know, when one person in the church is upset,
0: uh, that doesn't mean that the church is a bad place. That's right. And so, um, overlapping these arenas, right? Parenting and ministry. These yeah. are these are these are two unique places, um, you know, that I think exists in the life of a pastor. So, so how do they go together? How does parent? How do parenting and ministry go together? Parenting is ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? This is our first church that we have to lead and
1: shepherd, and so we've got to recognize that it's part of our calling. Um, the very first church that. You will ever pastor is your home, right? right. And so that's that's huge. And so we've got to be intentional about that that first small church that we have, which we call our family. And so when you think about um, loving your kids and you think about your ministry and helping them, you know, grow, you you think of parenting almost like teaching your kids to ride a bike. Um, And you know, when you first taught them how to ride a bike, you taught them with maybe training wheels at least we did and so if your kids are old enough you're going to remember teaching them really to ride that bike and maybe you use those training wheels to help them out and I think parenting is a lot like those training wheels. We're we're helping them learn how to balance and stabilize their life, just like riding and balancing on a bike. And ultimately, Mm. so that they can get out there and go where they want to go. And then we have to let them go and pray that they don't crash, knowing that they probably will from time to time. We help them up. And this is what really what kind of a a mindset of what parenting is, helping them in in growing in that area.
0: Yeah, so when it comes to... Loving our kids and, and discipling them and parenting them. Uh, let's talk a little bit about just practical application, you know, towards that. And so there there is a lot of overlap with just being normal dads and moms mm-hmm. who love and parent our kids over time, going from influence to authority in their life, um, you know, and and, uh, and and walking with them over the marathon of this parenting journey. Sure. So 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 what what do our children need from us? kind of as pastor dads. Yeah. Well, we've got to be busy with the right things, which means mm. we've got
1: to we've got to prioritize our kids on our schedule. I my assistant helps me schedule date nights with my daughters and man nights with my son and make sure I get I get those things on the calendar and um, you know, I think first and foremost, what that means is kids need to be with you. Mm. They need time with dad. They need one-on-one time with dad, um, and so you've got to schedule that and plan that, and recognize that your time with them is short. Mm. You know, when your kids are little, you you feel like the the days are long, and you don't. You know, you're just kind of surviving, and then you wake up one day like me and my my daughter graduates from high school next week and i'm like what happened Mm. to the time Uh, she was just a little baby it seems like yesterday and that time does fly Um, i think the the weeks are 936 total weeks that you have from uh, the time a kid is born until they move out of the house and graduate from college so that's not a lot when you think about it uh, from a time standpoint so they need to be with you you've got you've got to schedule that I think secondly kids need to feel your love they need to feel that love so you know everybody tends to have a love language if you've not read that book there's a book out there called the love languages in in for couples and then it's also for kids how do your kids receive love you know is it gifts is it is it one-on-one time is it What is it? Figure it out. Know what it is. Invest in them on that. Um, You remember the Pharisees in in the New Testament. um, They were the religious leaders who said they believed in God. They actually spent a lot of time learning what they thought mattered to God. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nobody worked harder at keeping those rules, but they were so busy doing what they thought was important, the important things, they missed the most important thing, they miss Jesus, they miss that that, that that God sent his son to them. And so I think in, in a similar way, kids need to feel your love. You don't wanna be busy doing the things that you think God wants you to do and miss out on that opportunity to love and nurture and shepherd and care for your own son or daughter. Kids need to feel your love, uh, but kids also need to, to learn to love themselves. Hmm. I think this is one of those areas in uh, the world today that's so needed. And I see so many uh, young people struggling with this, like they don't love themselves. They don't value themselves and, and even, even Christian kids. And so it seems weird to kind of say this, but uh, I think it's important that, you know, our kids accept who they are. They find their identity in Christ. Um, They accept what they look like. They, they, you as a dad, calling them and, and, and telling them that they're beautiful, mm. you know, telling your, your your son that he is a he's he's a stud, you know, and he is he's growing and his muscles are getting big, right? I mean, even as adult men, we like to hear that from our wife, right? You know, and so I think continually building that into them and, and as as parents who are also you you know, you're a pastor, sometimes that expectation that your kids have to be perfect makes you lean into what they are doing wrong. And so you focus on the bad and correcting your kids so much, you forget to see their worth. And you forget to see what they are doing right. Your kids are doing a lot more right in their life, perhaps, than you're giving them credit for. Hmm. Because we focus on what they're doing wrong so much. We're so concerned as pastors sometimes with how our kids are a reflection of us, and we find our identity in what people perceive, and we, we want them to think that we're this great man of God, and then when our kids act out, that is threatened, and mm. so therefore, it leads us to be overly critical of our kids and the mistakes that they are making. We fail to recognize the good that they are doing and encouraging them on the good that they are doing, they're not going to be perfect. Your kids need to feel valuable. They need to feel that even when they make mistakes, dad is, dad's experienced the grace of God, so he's gonna show me grace, and he's gonna help me walk through my mistakes and not just you know lay the hammer down. So kids need to feel your love. So have that conversation and ask them, hey, do you feel my love? Do you, do you? Does it Does it feel like I am loving you well? And have that conversation with your kids. I, I think that would be helpful. And then on the other side, uh, encourage you to love them and, and to recognize the good that they're doing. And then that, that leads me to kind of that third point, like kids need to hear the right words. They need to hear you saying the right words to them. And obviously, if we love our kids, uh, we've got to start by telling them that we love them. Uh, in a way that's going to convince them that we actually do, right? And so we've got to remember that the words that we use become their words. So these words are shaping them, shaping how they value themselves, shaping how they talk to other people, shaping them in every way, how they see themselves and how they treat other people. And so the words you are using are teaching your kids how to process information, um, how to express their emotions when they see you talking to your mom to their mom, your wife, how you talk to her is going to be how they talk to her and how they talk to their future spouse and so we're recognizing that how you handle your emotions is how they 're going to handle their emotions. Our kids are just sponges, and daily they 're learning how to interact with the world by watching you and listening to you and so I think that is huge. Then finally, I would say kids need you to help them find the right community. And as they get older, this is more and more important. Uh, you probably know what it's like to walk into a room and realize that nobody looks like you. Nobody's wearing the same kind of clothes as you. Uh, you, you know what it feels like to walk into a room and realize that you don't fit in. Uh, that's a terrible feeling. There's that awkwardness, the uncomfortability of it. We hate feeling like this. And uh, for your kids, it's a nightmare, right? So it's something that they're going to fear on a regular basis. And so uh, not belonging can be devastating for a kid, and they don't want to be lonely, and they need a circle of friends. They need a tribe. And and so I think it's important for us as as parents to help them find the right community. So that means if you don't have an, an, a great student ministry, man, you need to work on that. You need to help your student pastor work on that ministry and hire the right people and team to build that so that you can have community there that your your son or daughter is going to thrive in. And so when your kids go to college, one of the things that I'm really praying through and I really want to help my daughter with is finding community in that new environment. Um, And so I think it's one of the most critical things that I can do as a dad right now in the season that my daughter is in is when she moves away, is she going to be able to find community that in that community going to help her deal with the pressures of, of the college life? And so many, you know, Christian, you know, students go off to college, they leave their church, they leave their community and they find themselves in a brand new place and they go wild And I think one of the main reasons is because they don't have that community around them helping them make decisions and holding them
0: accountable and also giving them a safe place to actually live out their faith. Yeah, I think so. And just to recap here, because again, that was uh, just such good, uh, important content for us as pastors to think through. Our kids need to be with you. So they need our time, number one. Um, they, they need us as parents to put on our calendar and our schedule date nights, weekends, vacations, devotions, whatever it looks like, family dinners. They need us. Secondly, as Trent said, kids need to feel our love so that they need to, uh, they, they need to, to, to catch it. Um, we, we say all the time in my home, um, and we've said a lot even on this podcast, uh, you know, most things are more caught than taught. Mm-hmm. So, so how we act, yeah. how we demonstrate the gospel, how I love my wife, um, how, the, thi- the things that I'm doing, those are the things that they're going to catch on over time. I think that's
1: important because some of us, some guys might be so focused on having that family devotion and bringing everybody together and making them sit there and go through something, which, you know, I definitely think it's important uh, to do. But even more important is
0: what you're, what we're saying right there. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so if we are, if we are living out the gospel in front of them, that means loving them. So number two, your point here, living or or your kids are feeling Feeling your love, um, that means they're also feeling your repentance and they're feeling your your apologies and you're modeling how, like you said how you uh, how you talk with your words number three here so so as you tell them that you love them and uh, they're they're going to remember the words you use mm-hmm. and that those words are going to become their words those those things are going to become uh, identity creating marks in their life and uh and then fourth as you said help them find the right community when yeah. they're little it's just it's just a good you know um neighborhood of of friends and a good church that has a great kids ministry and yep. and uh as they get older man that becomes as you said with your own daughter that's becoming so and so important.
1: Yeah and it's been huge. I mean we we have intentionally developed a great next generation ministry here at FC and so We've, my kids have had great small group leaders. They've loved coming to church. Mm-hmm. And that to me is one of the greatest gifts that I could ever give to my kids is a church that they love to attend and they love to be at. And so I would. I think there's one more thing I would add just because I think it's something that I'm learning right now. Hmm. Um, I don't know that I've always done a good job about it, but that is just telling stories about my journey and about my family's journey. Hmm. I think early on... I was kind of nervous about sharing some of my failures and some of the things that, you know, I kind of walked through as a high schooler and and college student, wasn't always, you know, in 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 the right place spiritually. And so I always kind of tended to not talk about that stuff. Mm. But I have found that my kids are like really like trying to draw that out of me over the last few years. And so I've tried to do better with sharing those stories in in a way that would honor God and that would also let them know that I wasn't perfect. And that I made some mistakes, and and uh, so telling our kids stories, I think, is important uh, about our family, family history issues that we've gone through as a family, um, my kids specifically, they, they love that. And I think it's because as humans, we love stories. And we're even as pastors, we're always looking for a good story to share in our sermon. Um, and so I think it's the same way when we parent our kids, is just to be willing to share those stories with them. And and really, that, that story time happens organically when I have a rhythm of being with them one-on-one, and we have a rhythm of eating dinner together, when we have a rhythm of just having Having game nights and that kind of stuff. It just kind of happens. You can never pinpoint this is when I'm going to have a dynamic, awesome conversation <laughs> with my daughter about dating. No, it just naturally yeah. happens and I've got to be ready. And I, I can't be so busy with writing a sermon or busy with this or that. And I've got to be willing to say, and, and no, the spirit has to just, I have to be sensitive to the spirit to say, right. Trent, stop what you're doing, have the conversation, listen. Share your life, share new truth, share new habits, invest the gospel into your kids.
0: Yeah, and hey, busy pastors, we know that you are busy. You're busy leading your church. You're busy leading your staff. You're busy preparing sermons. But remember, be busy in your home. As we've talked about, this is your first little church right in your living room that you get to walk with the rest of your life. So have fun with them, point them to Jesus. Don't take yourself so seriously in the trenches of that first little church and trust God along the way and watch what he will do uh, with your family for his glory. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do a few things. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Busy Pastor. And secondly, if you like today's episode, subscribe to the Busy Pastor and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more resources, you can join the Busy Pastor community by going to BusyPastor.org. Next week, we're talking about being busy in our finances. Until then, let's be busy with the right things.